we've said for a long time, fighting is way easier from outside the cage. Case in point, when Anthony Rumble Johnson slid out and was able to do that little death rattle that happened, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves you do not want to be anywhere near that. You don't want to be underneath Anthony Johnson in full mount seconds after the fight starts. It's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafis Barza. Raf, where would you rather, like, is there a place, honestly, that you nope. can think of worse nope. on Earth? Nope. To all of your, your questions that you may be posing, nope. Oh, how are you this evening? I'm good. I actually wanted to ask you how you're doing uh, for a change this evening. I, uh, I am on cloud nine. I wanted to ask if there's a particular reason for that because it seems like some things have happened to you that were fun, beneficial, great. But um, it all starts with this pivotal question. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Do you have the time of your life? I've never felt like this before. Oh, Raph, we cried. We were there. We were. We saw the writing on the wall. We were dancing. Uh-huh. Uh, what they can do in modern theater is unparalleled now. The screens, the... Uh, well, explain the, what you're talking about, because people who maybe yeah, didn't catch that there. Okay. In, I was ready for... One of my biggest question marks was, how are they going to do that scene where they practice the lift in the water? And I don't think I'm, we need to announce any dirty dancing spoilers, but that's the musical... Uh, first, also MMA girlfriend shout out. She got the tickets for Sunday. Mm. I'm just saying, you know, instincts for like Saturday nights. <laughs> That's a different type of theater. So musical, beautiful area. The Denver Performance <laughs> Center of the Arts down there, Raph. You should really see it sometime. It's majestic. It's majestic. We also have That's a blizzard fine. going on. But so. you were saying something that they. Really did the me. scene not in a tub of water like I thought they would, but they, they had do? a like screen come down like a filter almost, not like a traditional um, screen that covered the entire stage, but something see through essentially where they projected a water like place and used sound effects, and it sort of had a lot more uh, really cool picture esque this backdrop that kept changing to really cool. It was amazing. It was gorgeous. The band was above them. So the band was in this like second story warehouse style um, cargo. It was amazing. So when you're sitting there and you're watching Dirty Dancing live. Yeah. trying Just dancing. Just okay. Tapping do you, along. Do you have a moment when the uh, I guess the lift is supposed to happen? And yeah. I, you know, yeah. before I get there, because that is an important question. But you said there were multiple lifts and they, I have a huge problem with they that. elevated the dancing. There was a lift and then there was a lift plus it felt like. And then there was a little bit of a lift extra, and they were great, Raph. It was a real theatrical triumph. I don't I mean, was... feel that that's what you're supposed to do with that, because I feel the whole point of the movie, the whole dramatic climax is, to that lift. are they going to make the lift? Well, not only do they make that lift, but you kind of feel like they really find their stride. And they were like, well, we did it once. We got to keep this momentum going. As you would. <laughs> you're going as back you would, there if you like it or not. If you hit that triangle, you're like, well, now it's in the repertoire. It's uh, it's just like that, I think. So I guess the other question, the original one I had, was from your seats. Were you sitting there muttering under your mouth, come on, come on, come on, come on. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, 
Absolutely. Yeah, you're just on their side. You just your heart's racing. There's a little bit of tension in the air. It's warm. Theater's flushed. Emotions are high. It was beautiful. Now I know that when you see a really cool move, you ask like a training partner when you go to drill. Hey, do you mind if I try this out? When you left the theater, did you look at Vicky and go, "Come on, yeah, you want to you want to just jump up a little bit?" Yeah. Well, that's also we have a really high style loft, so we can practice like with the bed as a backdrop, mm-hmm. um, acting as our own sort of lake in this particular metaphor. Well, good for you guys, and I'm, I'm glad that you'll be able to really test out the the power of locking your knee. It's time. It's time. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, this is the first time I've been able to consider the art of dance without a stress fracture on one of my major tendons. So well, good for you. It is exciting. It feels good. Let's talk MMA, though. Uh, as much fun, the Patrick Swayze, by the way, for all you ladies out there, was dreamy as f and sounded like him. The guy was like, <laughs> wow. like his parents. It was, it, was <laughs> his, it was Patrick Swayze was his dad, and his mother was just a V shape because his body was just a giant arrow. It was crazy. Do me a favor when you get really serious about trying to pivot the conversation. Always try and throw back to Patrick Swayze as a distraction because you're. I like that you took the the lead as going, Raph, let's get down to business here. People are coming for an <laughs> MMA podcast. But speaking of Swayze, ooh, am I right, ladies? Ooh, who's warm? Ooh. The UFC on Fox was a fun card. Northcutt loses via questionable choke. You know, it's hard. It's it's hard, Raph, because mm-hmm. we are on the record as being big fans of the arm triangle. We've called it the choke of the podcast. What do we call that? Well, some people on the Internet were saying, you mean that Von Flutie kind of thing? And I said, don't call it that. Oh, that is a disgrace you. to Mr. Von Flute, because if I am looking at that, I am thinking to myself, oh, my God. What is he tapping to? And, okay, we should probably take a second to backtrack for a second. What ifs? We all set? Yeah. Okay. So we practice a sport where tapping out is encouraged. Uh, It's uh, helpful. you Shut up. (laughs) It helps you learn. It helps you uh, figure out that you're not saying I give up. You're saying I understand that your technique was better than mine. I'm going to learn from this, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not a matter of this. It's a matter of this so-called purple belt looked like it was the first time he had ever seen a headed arm triangle. Then when he was in there and granted – I totally understand. There could be a lot of pressure. It could really be a surprise. Maybe he exerted so much energy because he's like Sonic the Hedgehog when he gets in there. And he did the worst pull to guard I think I've ever seen, which was like a spinning somersault kick that was destined to try and take out this dude's neck, which ended up being a guard pull, which he was passing. And he ended up in half guard. When he ends up in the half guard, he's on the wrong side to finish the arm triangle. But because he's applying questionably so much like pressure – he lands the submission, and it's mostly because at this point, instead of making the small hip movements that would maybe clear a little bit of space with the arm that uses as a reinforcer to try and maybe move the head ever so politely yeah. out of the way, 
Um, those things might have helped. But instead, you had Sage, who just basically lied flatter than a prom date on his back, not moving. It's, you know, it's unfortunate. And I think the the real big tell to me was not just the look in his eyes, which was like, oh, shit, what is this? But it was also the um, the lockdown that he was throwing up. He... And I guess if I were to let you say one more thing, though, Kevin, about this, I would have to interrupt and say this final thing, which is this. The lockdown was terrible. The surprise was terrible. But the instant recognition of the position was not there. And instead, he was punching to get out of it when maybe he should have been making the angles to try and hip out, maybe to at least make some effort. Because if he had done that, if he had done that and still submitted or, you know, Brian had passed him, I don't think this would be an issue. But you had a questionable challenge of heart. Uh, a questionable recognition of a purple belt as to where he is. You had a lot of people saying a lot of things and a lot of people on the hate train. So now that we've set that up, I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, I was going to say he was punching. Like that was the part where it was like, um, yeah, except whenever someone starts to apply pressure, you turn towards and you kind of go with the choke. Like you go to half guard. That's the part where it's like, why didn't you go to half guard? You just go to quarter guard. It's just such a bizarre I did not find the move particularly uh, stellar from a technical standpoint, as you've pointed out. And if people are welcome to challenge that, but it's really he I just should. There are a lot of people who want to talk about the fact that yes, you can never discount the amount of pressure somebody feels, and, and he's being... willing to talk about it. He's one of those people. And can I make my quick? How long was he quiet after his fight? Uh Sage. Yeah. Okay. Fight was Saturday. So... Let's say this. Uh, 24 hours later, there is a video of him, I think like an Instagram video on a balance board, which you've called a hoverboard, but it doesn't hover. That's your. That's true, I guess. Okay. So, he, And he basically was saying like, hey guys, I'm going to be back. Don't worry about me. Smiles, goes to throw a basketball into a hoop that he also doesn't know how to do. Or that maybe he does as well as he does get out of headed arm triangles. Anyway... He's a purple belt in shooting. Yeah, uh, the journalists were like MMA today or something. <laughs> like, say Northcutt breaks his silence. It's like, would you shut up? He wasn't. It was been a day. Like he didn't. He wasn't silent. He just. He's been in a castle. He went he to the hospital. He ate some food. Like, shut up. Yeah, you don't know about silence. He is going out there to prove like, his haters wrong. And I, you know what? I had to stop and think. I was like, when was this fight? Oh, this fight was set. What do you mean? <laughs> End of silence. Like, what the fuck? What are they talking about? To be about? fair, Kevin, when that video did go up, you were at Dirty Dancing, the musical. True, I was at Dirty Dancing. And that was so, like a lifetime difference. And frankly, that's how I, that is how I've been measuring time pre-seeing the live show of Dirty Dancing and post-seeing it. And I know the fight was before. I just didn't know when. Here's what I loved. The article you sent me today about his excuse and here's my problem. So he was all too happy not too long ago to talk about how he earned that $80,000 knockout and he's a star, etc. We bring something else to the table, Kevin. Childlike problems? Uh, no, I thought it was lack of head and arm. <laughs> defense? Jiu-jitsu grappling defense? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's got a certain cavalier attitude. He apparently had strep throat 
or something to that nature so bad that he had to be taken to an urgent he, I like that he was like a UFC person took me to the, it was like shut up who cares <laughs> like, why is a UFC person babysitting you anyway people took him to the hospital he had to get something not the hospital though they were very clear not to say that and a doctor gave him some antibiotics and he was just out of his head and you know had his mouthpiece in when he was choking so he tapped and you don't know the pressure wow I wasn't even going to go that far to give that kid that much shit that he tapped out in the uh, doctor's office. But I'll go with that joke. I'll say this, though, Kevin. Okay, so granted, we had some fun at his expense. And I think it's rightfully done because, as you mentioned, the kid said he brought something different to the table. And it's fine to really have a belief in self. But I also believe that part of the reason people, I guess, fighters themselves, and this has been where most of the vitriol has come from, is a lot of fighters seem to be jealous of his ability to get 40 and 40 from just being a new kid. And it seems like maybe he didn't pay his dues. So I guess to a certain extent, if I'm a fighter, yeah, I'm probably going to laugh at him tapping at that. But as an audience member, it looked like the hype train had taken a, a little bit of a stumbling block. Mostly I think it was hilarious in that we didn't really hate the kid. We just hated the fact that he was getting so hyped and that you knew that it was going to be the real loser in the situation was Dana White sitting somewhere secluded, crying, wondering where it all went wrong. So that's the one side. But the other side is, OK, yeah, maybe we're being dicks. Maybe we're. You know, the opposing side is trying to guilt you into saying, like, what did you do when you're 19? I was like, well, I wasn't trying to be a fighter on national television. So kids got me there. Don't really. uh, I don't really care. I think it's funny. Yeah. And I'm like, get over it. Like, we're talking about him. So it's obviously anything. There's another kid who's fucking curing cancer at the age of 19, but you're not giving sage shit. So you can use that (laughs) metaphor for hours and hours and hours. It doesn't really do you much. I think the better telling moment is we had our fun. We were content to let him go. I was actually really happy that the kid put out that video of him on the balance board. And I said, all right, that's pretty fun. He's got a good attitude. Then he decides to tell us about the strep throat. And we had some people saying, like, how does strep throat make you tap? And our response uh, in the form for our, uh, you know, verbal tap listeners is I said, well, because owie. It hurts like a major bitch. And here is the argument. Don't say that. Just don't say it. What do you get by saying it? Like you well, don't get anything. You're 19. You're coming back. You guys didn't know. You didn't know the real story. Yes. You didn't know it was keeping me from performing. But this all is a story that's happened. so much cooler if it leaks out six months from now or before your next fight. It's not a story that sounds cool on Monday. But it also really does sound like you're making excuses, no matter what you're doing. Like, yes. there's no real upside to if it. It's, yeah, I'm saying that's my whole point. If it's true, just let it go. We'll be so much happier if we find out later, not now. If we find and out. I, I guess the harder part is, okay, strep throat sucks, so I'm not going to say, like, that's an easy way to fight, obviously. And I believe him. I'll take him at his word. I don't think he's lying about that. But the additional pressure of, yeah, and then I got, like, this this mouthpiece and it's like how does this work and it's in my mouth and it's like making the pressure all crazy all and congested. Like, you're a ufc fighter i don't care if you're 19 that's something you deal with that's something you get used to so i'm not even making fun of you now for tapping out 
to a move that a lot of people want to give you shit for. Now I'm just looking at, oh, no, you're in the denial stage of the road to recovery. Plus, he's too pretty, everybody. Get, fuck yourself. He needs a little adversity. <laughs> for the love of God, he's making $80,000. If we don't tease him right now, he's going to be a monster at 24, and then who's to blame? So exactly. you're welcome. <laughs> Is it? We interrupt this podcast for a very quick shameless plug. Go to iTunes. If you're already there, easy. Leave us something next to the five stars. Maybe what you think Raph's apology note should be to me for all the insults about my intelligence. Maybe you want to do your best Nick Diaz texting Dana White impression. Do what you want to do. Just do it on iTunes under Verbotabcast. Five stars. That's a good point to end on. Uh, I started texting people when I did see uh, Sage tap out because it was unexpected. It was something that did kind of shock you, I think, a little bit. Uh, But it made me not even watch the next fight. And it was a good fight. Like, I was barely watching it because I was like, did everybody see that? Did Are we all on the same page? Let's talk about this. Yeah, it was. He is sort of got that going for him. So, again, good fight. Um, But then... Something even crazier happens. Yes. Rothwell submits Barnett. First of all, Josh Barnett, the war master, every time they're like, he's 38. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> years old? Or is, is that dog years? What? Why is he that? Jeez. And then it's like Rothwell's 34. Yeah. So to the counter of my argument of when like I'm giving old guys a lot of shit, these two are still look amazing. Uh, really looking wiry in the stand-up, and then Rothwell ends up putting some pretty good blows in. That go-go choke, which is, by my understanding, not normally as much of a neck crank as it turned into. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you, Ref, do you feel like at that point, is that a choke or a crank? Where are you at on the go-downs? Uh, I think in order to really – it's hard to say because I think in order to really beat Josh Barnett, it has to be an intense crank because he's a catch wrestler. So it's yeah. not like you know that sort of neck I'm crank sure is new to him low. and it's not like he's complaining about it. If anything, he was probably just pissed that he got caught with it. He looked impressed more than anything. Like He, he did have that glare of – he's not a sore loser. No. So that's the one side. On the other side, uh, you had a really good joke. And we ended up putting this to a meme. What I, I don't know exactly what go-go is short for, but what did, was your belief that go-go, the go-go choke is short for? Go-go to your chiropractor for a quick readjustment is what it's I presume joke. it's short for. Because holy balls, he just clamped that. And this is why like uh, heavyweights are so fun when they're a little versatile. And both of these guys are versatile. And Wathwell's got some confidence. Uh that was so mean the way he just snapped him down and just took it away. And you have to do that with Josh Barnett because if you give him time, he's going to find a way. So you have to be furious and violent. And that was the, oh, that was furious and violent. But let's also discuss the fact that this is the second time that Josh Barnett has faced a demise for shooting in. Yeah. And. I mean, the last time was Travis Brown when he got the... It, it was a little bit of a sloppy shot, too. If I just may, he left his neck out there a little sure. bit. I thought I he was doing it, was it on purpose. I think it was the same kind of feel 
to me was that in that shot, it had like an eerie sensibility of, oh, that's not him at his best. Do you think it was because he was having such a hard time with the stand-up or he didn't feel he was getting anywhere or maybe he felt he was behind on the scorecard? What was your take on why he did that? We know Barnett's not going to sit down to a losing strategy. He's going to switch it up. And I just presumed, yeah, he was start- He had that cut. He was starting to get opened up a little bit. It felt like he had taken a few blows. And I think he honestly, it just looked like he thought he could own Rothwell. Like it just the way he kind of went in. That was my uh, take on his technique as he went in. But is it that you think maybe the same with Travis Brown? Where and maybe this is leading, but that he just didn't respect the game yeah, enough. I, I guess I I that's what I'm voicing. I'm surprised by that because Rothwell is definitely not Travis Brown in terms of like Rothwell's got some game. Rothwell's always been a little bit of a feisty grounder. Yeah. So, um, you know, and frankly, I've never been hit by Rothwell, but I would think that plays a role in my well, they're, technique. They're big guys, and at a certain point, <laughs> Jesus, they're huge guys. It's just out the window. Great I don't care fight, how though. great your technique is anymore. If you're just big and you've hit me, <laughs> and even if I'm big, it still feels like the worst Did thing. Did you in the world. hear both of them too? They were like, "This is like a Viking fight." It was like, "Yeah, yeah, this was like a Viking fight." In fact, you could have talked me into Viking gear for this fight. I would have been into that. Yeah. Throwing some swords. Why not? The two of them would have been like, yeah, we're in. Uh, We alluded to this before, but that was the saddest moment. And every, every person that's ever done grappling knows that feeling of when you have that one pathetic arm. And this is what Ryan Bader had after another not so great shot attempt uh, by the by shooting. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I will I will give him this one thing, okay? Go on. Ryan Bader was going into this fight saying that he could beat anybody in the world. Now, I believe you have to think that, yes, sure, uh, in order to really do that sort of thing. But when the athletes say this and you are a fan, sometimes it is a little jarring to sit there and go, well, Ryan Bader, you're a great wrestler. Your stand-up was much better than last time. Well, I'm not sure about anybody in the world at your division, but you know what? You do you, and good luck to you. And I love uh, your attitude. You're also going up against guy. one of the biggest powerhouses in there. And there is a way to neutralize them. We've seen it happen, but it takes a little bit of effort to do it. So keep that in mind. Also now, keep in mind, like in terms of that, it's going to be it, – it, the thing that sucks is now someone's done it to him once also. Sure. So he's a smidge more prepared, but go on. So when I saw him do this kind of lackadaisical shot, it seemed like it was with the intention of baiting him in so that he could then start to work to tire him out. He had a lot of faith in his wrestling. But it did not look like the world's most complete shot. So when I looked at it, I said, I understand the concept. I'm not sure that execution. And he's, oh, no. Oh, dear Lord. If he lets go of that Kimura and God, don't do it. Don't let go. For the love of God, hold on to that. And he's gone. Okay. Uh Oh, and as soon you and I were back and forth through like, oh, God, you better hold on to that. (laughs) And we were correct because I'd say what? Five seconds after he let go of it, he was asleep. Was it even? Well, I think he thought it was 2017 when he came back to (laughs) But I just know that Anthony Rumble Johnson looking 
good. And it wasn't even the world's most assured Kimura grip. It was one that you start <laughs> to give up all your leverage and you're just you're watching it escape from your eyes and you know it's it's not going to work out great for you. So it, it's in that respect, I would say. Yikes. Oh, man. Brew fucking tall. Lady. Yes, most and, definitely. Oh, we should do that to terrorists. You hello. <laughs> you get mounted by Anthony Rumble Johnson. Enjoy. Yeah, I mean, we'll give him gloves, you know. I don't want to be unconstitutional. So yep. great night of fights. Fantastic uh, UFC night from Northcut up. Big news in the MMA world today, Raph. What's that? Benson Henderson goes to Bellator. Why does he do this? For the money? For what? Why is He, he fought like every UFC card in 2014, it felt like. Uh, can I put out my my theory that I have for this? Yes. Okay, you ready for it? A hair deal? They're going to support his... No, see, you're thinking too small. I actually figured this out. And it took me a while because I was like, what is it? What was the deciding factor? Apparently Dana White was saying that Bellator was offering him more upfront money. Which, sure, probably. But there's got to be something that's sweet in that deal. And then I realized. Lifetime supply of toothpicks. Oh, yeah. See, well, I was I wasn't thinking small enough. Well, he thinks that small, but <laughs> that builds up over time. You know how many restaurants you have to pretend to go to to acclimate that many toothpicks? Oh, a lot of a lot of restaurants. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to raid some real takeout places. Interesting. Well, I'm excited to see what this means because they have a few good fighters, and he's one of them now. Sure, he can make it in there. Do I'm you just, know, though, that there is fucking card. an actual reason as to why he left, though? Money. Money is a part of it, but apparently it's making the rounds that the Reebok was a huge deal breaker for him. Oh, he didn't. Yeah, I just I I feel like it wouldn't have been a huge deal breaker for him if he <laughs> were still the champ. That's my only I wish yeah, I would have known that prior. Like I, I can agree to that. But I think that for him he probably could make more money elsewhere uh than that. Maybe. And he's one of those interesting candidates that's just not been winning in the UFC lately, and it's, sometimes it's good to just take a little break. Why not? But I was yeah, please don't put him on a card with Kimbo Slice. Oh, I couldn't do it. Definitely. Uh, Raph, our favorite Irish champion is in the news. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, back to Benson. No, Conor McGregor says he can beat up Jesus. And hold on, I just want to say I agree with him because he's obviously I'm way sure more that. tactically trained. Okay, uh, as a fighter, the MMA back then couldn't have been what it is now. Second, Jesus was kind of a pacifist, right? Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, according to a lot of. Uh, different uh drawings that we've seen of them or photographs yeah i guess depending on what you want to call them uh in good shape though true true and what was the thing i told you that was (laughs) the deal breaker or the difference maker uh that connor would struggle to win the third round which is i uh, said (laughs) it just depends on if it's a three round or five round fight (laughs) that's right three uh the three is a good Fun stuff. These are the types of conversations we prep, so the show's great, people. (laughs) (laughs) 
oh, they have also, been organically, just when the two of us are talking. Yeah, we can get stuff. Well, it happened. Yeah, as we're perusing the press, uh, he also wants to introduce himself at the MMA Hall of Fame. Why? Why is, what? Is he the only one that can do it justice? Or that seems a little. Well, he's also not ready to be inducted yet. Did he mean now? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, like, God. he's going to induct himself. Oh, like, okay. Well, that's weird, but all right. That's fine. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, like, whatevs. Uh, we're going to induct ourselves into the Podcast Hall of Fame, like, right yeah, now. Right. Done. Just did it. Yep. Yeah, just <laughs> we gave out MMA awards for ourselves. It was also yeah. great. There was, a, there was a while we were throwing that. We should bring that joke back. <laughs> uh, what we were getting. We should give out MMA awards. It'd be fun. Jones, and I like this because John Bones Jones is coming back, definitely fighting Daniel Cormier. They're hoping to announce that any minute now. He's saying he has three more fights. Cormier, Johnson, Gustafson. Um, in that order actually makes a ton of sense, too, by the way. That's the first time I've ever heard a fighter be like, hey, the top three fighters by division, that's who I'm fighting. Then he's going up to heavyweight. Yeah, he looks huge, though. So makes sense. He always has been a big, big, big 205-er. That's always been sort of his M.O. And uh, he beats the three guys he listed in secession. It's probably time to move up, right? Who else? There's no one left. Nah. At this point, you know. It's important to note, Cormier didn't even come close to beating him. So, <laughs> uh, Cormier posed some big problems. Uh, I don't know yet that he really... Uh, came close. I think he and Rounds had good showings, but you got, John Jones clearly won the fight. So yes, that was the nice. <laughs> uh, you were talking about <laughs> the reason I say it like that is because I distinctly remember the conversation you had afterwards, which was just that. Oh, who's this DC character? That's it's not garbage. That flabbergasted. Ugh, it just, did you see those takedown attempts? Ugh, the dumbest. Oh, and what did he call his stand-up? He should have called it sit-down because, oh, <laughs> sit-down, DC. Yeah. Would you get uh, a little too catty and then oh, man. think that sometimes maybe our listeners forget, but I never forget. Yeah, I like that. That's great. <laughs> should call it stand-up, sit-down. Uh, they. I'm excited about what they're going to do with that, though, because John Jones – at the two at the big heavyweight. He said he would have stepped up at this last one, right? That was the whole thing though. He wanted the title fight. On the contingency that it would have been a title fight, which how is a funny gonna, way. How was he gonna get that with Step Miocic? Or he was saying I'll fight Verdum. Get Verdum on the table. I'm not even sure what the qualifier you know? was. I think he was saying he, he would have fought Stipe if there was, was a title on hand. Who the title belonged to? Who knows? Okay. <laughs> That's funny. But it would have had a very WWE-esque, uh, the vacancy of the title must be filled, and tonight we're going to settle it via Royal Rumble. Stay tuned. So, yeah, sure, that that could have been the scenario. But Rap. in this case, yes. Really? How many people had to talk John Jones off the shelf of just fighting Miochid straight up? You know he said it. You know he was like, I'll fight him. And his whole crew was like, his manager, his agent, everybody was like, please do not do that. Please do not do that. Do I'm not, not pick up sure. that phone. I still get the impression that he's 
crazy enough belt wise. Like I think he misses having a belt. Oh, you know he does, but I just think he also misses fighting. And this is one of those chances if he had come in, he likes the limelight. Well, he misses a lot of things. Like he misses the freedom of not wearing an ankle bracelet. But yeah, sure. <laughs> There's nothing like that first stretch in the morning in the nude. He, he just hasn't experienced that. Texts Lindsay Lohan in his leg. Hey, how you feeling? Same. You want to go for a walk around the perimeter? <laughs> uh I so who's Tonin teasing he's teasing about his next opponent? So Gary Tonin is putting it out there in his meek Gary Tonin esque way. That there is apparently pause while all Gary Tonin listeners look up meek. Go on. <laughs> uh he apparently he just put it out there and, and very and this is the reason why I say meek is because he just very effortlessly just lobbed it out there and this is the exact phrasing he used and this is the type of shit i hate because it never gets us anywhere it just gets us to all look at him and go like why don't you just tell us who it is or just wait but here we go gary tonin yesterday hey guys biggest match of my career is happening april 2nd at polaris pro event polaris 3 can you guess who i'm up against and our folks here uh, guest uh, Mike Lay guest Chris Benoit. Interesting. Which uh, I, I don't specialist. think he's available. Oh. Uh, whoa! Shit! What the shit is this? Oh, I didn't see this. Oh, there's more. There's more to what's happening here. I was going to put myself as the next joke because Tyler Basinger put Raph. With uh, four exclamation marks. And I said, and you know, dude, no, I wouldn't want to embarrass him on a public stage like that. That's just mean. That's not what we do as journalists. Like, we're not going to come in there and show up Gary Tonin. (laughs) So then there's two more people who guessed Paul Harris. That would be, you know, Rusamar Paul Harris, the guy who notoriously breaks ankles. I do remember who that is. Yes. Yes, he breaks ankles, legs, feet, well, whatever. Tonin it is. also called him out, and was like, "I can fight him." Yeah, I mean, I just assumed that he was living the nice, cush life of being banned from competing in the sport. Which See, I presumed he okay. was back to his day job, um, keeping people from passing over bridges without <laughs> the anger and convenience of someone screaming at them. But maybe not. So somebody underneath uh, Johnny Martis just tagged Paul Harris on there and there's a guy who has a facebook account under paul harris that just responded let's eat cake so you never know what you're gonna get on the verbal tap message boards everybody thank you so much for contributing don't stop either it's uh you're the heartbeat of this like Mm -hmm. it makes it every day it really is great i love the social media stuff makes my day happy (laughs) that's where i go to find some relief um, well, we're ready for, you know, Tonin, why don't you take a page out of the Riddler's book and just, uh, throw us a clue here. You know, just saying. I don't think Gary has it in him to really be a good Riddler. Well, we know that, but we can help. Hey, why is Ronda Rousey's mother so against, uh, has she always been against the trainer? Apparently. Oh, it's. She just decided to say it now after the loss, like that feels. Well, I do recall her speaking out against him 
I have to go back and look at the timing, but I, I thought it was relatively right before this last fight. But I believe she was on submission radio, and she was saying that she knew that Ronda was going to get knocked out, which, thanks, Mom. She should have told her. She yeah. Like... But apparently she was saying that she knew that Emma was a fraud as a coach and that unlike other mothers who are, you know, granted very supportive of their kids – she actually knows what it's like to be a champion. She knows what it takes. So she was saying that she knew that he was doing all this shit. And apparently what it comes down to for Edmund being a fraud is he falsified information. And that falsified information was on his uh, license to be uh, a coach to Ronda, essentially. He said that he had never been uh, committed for a crime except for the fact of that. What is that Pasky? It's that crime that you do. It doesn't really harm anybody. Um, identity theft. Yeah, that one. Ooh. He apparently failed to disclose that he had uh, a couple strikes against him for identity theft. But no big, right? A little big. I mean, that's a little bit of a bigs. Anyway, so yeah, falsified information. No bigs. And um, new credit oh, cards. Big yeah. diff. What? Like the, what do you think those peeps notice. <laughs> It's just a strange world where, you know, yeah, sure. Ronda's mom has haters. been way more vocal ever since he did lead her to a loss. And yes, it was not the smartest thing in the world to say, uh, we're probably not going to change our strategy. And guess what? We're probably not going to have Rhonda look at the tape because what's that going to tell us? She's just going to play her game against Holly the next time they meet. And, you know, it should be fine. It should be great. Yeah. Well, she should look at some tape this time. And while she's filming Roadhouse, see if she can get somebody to, you know, do some extra glove work. Just saying. You know, if she's really smart, Kev, can I put this theory out there now? Go for it. And maybe this brings us a little full circle. But maybe while filming Roadhouse, she can summon the spirit of Patrick Swayze. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's a lot of hip movement she's gonna have to become much more filled with joy i don't know it's possible although in that movie he was a real bad pain don't hurt (laughs) 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 oh god i could watch roadhouse every saturday morning when i wake up like that was one of my favorite movies to to throw on i'm pretty sure people thought that i invented that movie with my mind as we were watching it <laughs> they together. Were like, Roadhouse isn't real. Raph's just been describing it for five years. <laughs> Raph, how much did it take for you to make this movie? Raph, I did not. Are these your friends? It looks like your friends. That's what they would say now, too. It looks like your friends <laughs> made this. Was this on YouTube? <laughs> it's like, no. I think it's the moment when Swayze does, again, a dancer's esque roundhouse kick. <laughs> Like he leaping in the a air. Few moments where he's really like doing a plie and he just yeah. cracks someone in the groin. He's like what? <laughs> and like people just stared and looked at me, and I said, "Yeah, this was uh, the shit in the '80s, and it's the shit today." So it's know better. your place. Yeah, he's wearing a blouse. He, <laughs> he's dating a doctor slash veterinarian <laughs> slash supermodel slash the guy that rented her barn's daughter. <laughs> it's really hard to keep it. It's all great. Uh, speaking of people that were fighting during the production of this movie, Hendo and Machida are going to oh. go at it. They're going to keep 
Hendo can go back in the cage. That's where everybody's okay with it. All right. This is sad. I don't want to see this. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I just would like Hendo to be on a ranch enjoying himself. Yeah. Just drinking a beer. There's more to life, man. And maybe telling me some really awesome stories. That would be awesome. Teach some I don't, clinics. Mm-mm. Like we can seminar you out. You know everything. Yeah, he fought everyone. He fought Jesus. Like they, they did three rounds. Connor could no. I mean, it's always great when uh, Machida's <laughs> Jesus uh, when he was in his prime. <laughs> That's one of those jokes <laughs> from uh, What Out American Summer. Um. Nick, here's a fight I'm excited about, though. You told you said this, and I saw it on the Nick Diaz saying he'll fight Anthony Pettis. Yeah, what up? I don't even give a shit. I just Hell, like him to get a fight. yes, that's what I'm talking about. Neither of those guys is gonna lay on the other one. No, you know it's like I don't let you know no grown man lay on me because you know that's uh, that's fucking you know gay. But like, I would you know what I would do is I would fuck that guy up so bad that he would be like. What? Fuck you, homie. And I'd be like, no, fuck you, dog, you know? Um, But, like, yeah, will I lay down on the mat? Like, no. But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it like, you know, paint me like one of your French girls. Like that fucking, you know, fuck movie. Serious side note. You should submit an audition tape of this to Nick Diaz and be like, I'll do shows for you. And people people are not going to know the difference, but you're going to be much more popular. Like, uh, you, don't, you don't have to you do anything. Dog, you can't get more popular than me. Because... And then when he doesn't know about all this rant he went on at the M- when he called it the MMA hour, it'll be even better. Like that'll just be even more perfect. Dog, like sometimes, like you ever get on like so much weed, you only remember like time and space. Like that's like me, like daily, dog. Like, can we at least crank call Nate and with this? It's like we've got to do that at least. See what we can get him to admit to on air. Oh, man. Okay. I love that fight. So thank you, Nick. Thank you for calling in. Offering to step up. Because when we last left you guys, UFC 196 was up in the air. And we retired. Yeah, so instead, uh, Connor is still – he's actually going to fight at 196 against Rafael Dos Anjos uh, because they're just going to eliminate what I guess is happening this Saturday. They're going to turn it into a fight night. And uh, the fight night is going to take precedence over it all. So because they Johnny been... Hendricks, good, uh, not great. <laughs> not, that's got to be a real shot to the pills, doesn't it? To go from like having been a person that headlined well, GSP to being like, you are really good second fight material. But now that you're the headliner, sorry, this fucker's free. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Somebody once made the argument, and I never really believed them. But they would always make the argument, there's no such thing as a co-main event. They thought that was a made-up phrase. And I would always give them a little bit of mess for that. But I guess... Because sometimes they do events that can carry. Uh, sure. And I mean, you know, co-main event, it's a nice way of saying, hey guys, we got another person that we need to take care of. They're going to make bread and butter for us. So, you know, just chill. But in this particular case, you would think that co-made event kind of has the ability to fill in like Miss America if Miss America is not able to fulfill her duties and you're the runner-up. In this case, when they go to Johnny Hendricks and they go, under no fucking circumstance are you fucking filling in this fucking role. (laughs) And on the opposite side, when Dana White's looking to figure out what he's going to do for us, 
I think they must have hated every inch of the decision they had to come to, which was giving us a free fight night because I think they had already sold a whole bunch of marketing materials. They had already have to like eat all of the shit that they had done to make this work for UFC 196. I mean, they were going to have to do that the moment Velasquez was injured, though. Right? Well, I mean, again, Barnett and um, Ben Rothwell offered to be the main event. You have oh. Nick Diaz offering to come in to fight Pettis, which would have been amazing because Pettis is looking for a way to redeem himself. I mean, you you just had sure. all of these interesting potential fights, and I mean, I mean, I'm not even going to say he said anything, but uh, Donald Cerrone didn't volunteer, but you know he did, and I think yeah. that's why it's not even a headline anymore. You just know he volunteered to save that event, even though he was fighting in. Uh, I guess it's going to be three more weeks uh, or two more weeks from that date. But the real nuts. story here is this, Kevin. You know that when Dana had to come to the solution, either himself or somebody from his team, yeah, and I believe yeah. it was more somebody from his team that said, Dana, we have to give it to the people for free. And you know that this was his response. Please. Hey, you fucking dummies. It's fucking free now. You're fucking welcome. God, I fucking hate this point. And he like walked out. He's went and got in his Lambo, went yeah. to a strip club. He's like, I'm going to go talk to Burner. <laughs> Who's Burner? We don't, no one knows. Just <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. He's having a mood. In the Dana White story. He's, he's such a weird mafia boss in our like algamation <laughs> of him. He's just like, crazy crime lord, terrible uh, <laughs> press person that we are in love with. And. I'm okay with it being free. I also would have loved. I'd have paid for Nick Diaz, Anthony Pettis. I think he, everybody knows I am. Yeah, that would have been a great fight. And I love this last. <laughs> we have one more good news clipping. And this has been a fun You and Me podcast. Look at this going back and forth. Take it at old school, rap. Mm. Uh, MMA fighters tumble out of cage. <laughs> the Joe Lozon Instagram. If you haven't seen this, please go to news.google and check your MMA filter. It's already on there. Or Google MMA fighters stumble out of cage. It's, it'll make your week. It's worth every second. I hope they're okay. <laughs> Whose job was it to fasten the door? Tony? Is Tony the new guy? Which one's Tony? I'm Tony, pretty sure it was Burner's fault, Kev. <laughs> Burners. Burner just gave Burner really neglected his duties. Um, I just like to think that if I'm a fighter and I'm going for that takedown, I want the security of knowing that gate is going to be closed because that's one of my nightmares. The other one was how Randy – I'm sorry, Ryan Couture got knocked out the other day, which is where he got a straight, I think, right jab to the face or he just took a right punch or whatever yeah. and he was on dream street and then he hit his face into his knee and i kid you not that is maybe my biggest fear Wait, in what? all of boxing you, you think about that a lot you think about hitting your knee with oh, like you 100% yeah because i don't imagine myself doing well i've never well thought boxing. about that before I've never oh 100% like you you have to understand that anytime i take significant damage i'm always looking to like fall the other way 
than directly on my knee because I'm always like, oh, this head's so fucking heavy. Who knows where the fuck it's going? On the other side, um, yes, returning back to the uh, dude who took down another dude and ended outside of the cage. Uh, the, the joke that we had put up was... Goldberg, like, pile drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, his finishing move, Kevin, was a jackhammer. The jackhammer. No, it's a suplex, but this was more, oh, more of a spear. What was that? The spear. That's what he did. Yeah. 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 Uh, so this is... Uh, <sighs> the joke that we put was... Is this what they referred to as a blast double? I think it is. Because you blast right through the cage. So, you know, thanks, Burner. <laughs> what a podcast. Uh, started with Patrick Swayze, ended with a guy named Burner that might be just he another thing. He may or may not exist. We're not sure. It's just Dana's imaginary friend that looks like Patrick Swayze. And frankly, we should all be so lucky. Um, I am. I'm the nice about part about now. Burner is... You really do get the impression that Dana has somebody he goes to regularly for advice and to get his mind off of things. And he just goes, fucking burner. Just turn on the ignition and drive. And they go into the sunset. It's beautiful. We should do, uh, (laughs) we should pitch a short. We've been talking about doing a documentary about him for a while. That's going to do it for us tonight which takes us to shout outs raf can you believe that yeah i know i'm gonna start to the employees at the beulah theater and (laughs) the fantastic cast and crew of dirty dancing live it was just if you get the Oh, the mountains were alive, Raph, so much so that it caused a blizzard. A blizzard happened when the show ended. It's like, <laughs> we're done. The sky yeah. gave up. And that's going to do it for me. The show is- uh, I'm going to do you guys all a favor, and I'm going to say thank you right up top to our good friends over at Valley Martial Arts Center. Ah. You know, VMAX's a good place. It's like home. I went there on, uh, I think it was, I mean, Friday night, there's a great no-gi class that's going on, so I was really happy to get in, a little bit of that. Um, but I also went on Saturday or on Sunday to an open map. And this is how you can tell that commitment happens here in California. You guys, you talk about your storms and your craziness that you have going on there. But here in California, yeah, we have rain, Okay. And rain is tough. That's true. It uh, It's news it for you guys. It is really difficult to get through rain. Kevin. I love it. They're out on the corner. It's like, it's raining up in Kachinga Hills, Ingrid. Kachinga? It's probably a place. Okay. Uh, anyway, so um, <laughs> we, it looked like nobody was going to show up to open mat, actually. By the time I got there, and fortunately, we had people who did. So we had a nice open mat, and uh, I got a really nice compliment from uh, our a guy who I really respect his game. Uh, he very nicely told me he was like, "Raf, you know, you roll kind of like me. We do a lot of similar things, and it's true. I, I do like a lot of what he does." And uh, it was such a nice compliment, but I had to tell him I was like, "Yeah, dude, but I do the Walmart version of what you do. So like, you know, not like the real." thing uh but it was just a very nice compliment so kudos to him and uh i just want to say a uh, nice big shout out to our good friends over at breakdown academy breakdown. 
Uh, great stuff going on over there as well. Really, really good training. Uh, John also has, I think, some sort of tutorial with our friend Amici for yeah. Dr. Chits. You yeah. guys should go look at that because um, John teaches the – it's not an arm in guillotine that's necessarily the killer it's john doing a guillotine that's a killer so if you can learn all the tips you can there it's very effective i can tell you from uh, firsthand nature um from firsthand experience as well in terms of uh, our good friends amici being one of the nicest top stand-up individuals go check out that video they've also got a really cool video that shows you a cool escape from technical mount as well and uh, i just want to say thanks uh i think to all of you guys, you guys have been keeping us very busy uh, with all of your posts. We just put up our thousandth post on Instagram. Got some love there. We're getting more and more people. I also want to shout out our good friends over at BJJ Mojo because uh, they very nicely put up a post about us saying that we're pretty cool. And we appreciate that. That's good stuff. And uh, Kev, did you happen to get a photo that I sent over your way? I did just get mm. a photo. Mm. Okay. That's a badass rash guard. I actually I like really this. like this. The Hayubasa? This is a good yeah. reverse blue with the charcoal. Is that a charcoal? It, yes. It's oh, a yeah. charcoal, like gray. I got to be honest with you. What? It's kind of tight. Ooh. I thought, uh, or maybe I'm just getting fat. One of the two. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I had put myself, I thought I was in the fucking range of. I should probably go look well, at that again. With rash guards, first and foremost, everyone knows it's always a wild card. I go big because I don't like my rash guards tight. Some people like their rash guards painted on. So yeah, like that's, that's true. It's a real preference thing, <laughs> and it really varies. Some of them stretch out. Some of them don't. You know, like there's just the material yeah. on this though is very nice. Where I don't think it's going to stretch out a ton, but um, does I do like the that. way it looks. It looks really cool. So uh, yeah, I got this uh, Hayabusa. This is my first time owning something of theirs. How would you describe it, Kevin? It's got like the uh, blue chest and it's got the arms, almost like those baseball jersey type style rash guards with the charcoal sleeves. It's good stuff. So I'm looking it's a good royal to purple to, or blue. Sorry, royal blue. It's a good most blue. definitely. When I saw it go up, I was like, yeah, I can I can do that. I think that's me. I've seen so this one before it. too. I like it. Yeah. And, and may uh, I recommend, you know, what one to go with some really good like uh, white spats. Just pure white spats. I'm so glad you keep trying to talk me into spats as if now I'm also I trying just... to level set the extremes. Like I'm trying to get you to think about like how crazy white ones would be, so maybe you'll be more apt to come to like a normal set. I guess. I, I just do. I don't know. I, I find that I just never found a reason that I was like, Man, I'm that cold, I need spats. Well, it's not about being yeah. cold. It's about never slowing down. Hey, let me oh. okay, but let me let me tell you this though. This is what's the most okay. This is I had to look this up while you were talking because bored. But also, the Hayabusa has a sizing chart here. Okay. Yes. And I believe I'm looking at it right now. I'm leaving the tag on, but it says large on it. Okay. Okay. The large is supposed to take you, and the medium is supposed to take you from 155 to 175. The large is supposed to take you from 175 to 200. I do not exceed 200 pounds. Oh, you're using weight. Oh, I don't ever use. Yeah. 
but like if they have chest measurements i'll use that but i've stopped trusting them a lot but that's the size ago. guide and also you're tall so you should always yeah. get extra large yeah i however if i'm in an extra large and i am my size i look like i might be swimming in it yeah so. you don't like them to get because you do have i actually have seen you as rash guards that get a little larger and you are right no, I agree. That's tough. Like sometimes that sucks. Like you're. Uh, I'm so glad that you have withheld this information. I'm not withholding it. I just know what you're talking about. Like when you put on a large, sometimes it'll come down to like almost mid thigh. Because you know some of them are also meant for like tucked in. Like again, to my point, they're all crazy. What a great way! If you didn't stick in. around for 55 minutes, you missed some real therapeutic shit about some rash guards. People are like, "I just yeah, wanted to say this is, this is really some uh, some shit that you guys stayed all the way to the end to hear Kevin insult me and be like, oh, yeah, I've seen you look in some rash guards.' That like, is not at all what I meant. I gave exactly you the cron compliment during those first few. I'm just saying, I've also seen you have one that at the end of a roll, just it looks like it's draping a little long. Mm-hmm. So I'm just it. And uh that's gonna do it for us right here at Purple Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight to fifty percent of the people on this podcast. That's me, Kevin. Rap, you look amazing. That's guys. me. In math. <laughs> I, it's always helpful to do the math for me. If you think there's a doubt, I kind of got it from context. Uh do a great question.